All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back. Sports 1440. Orders Nation uh, YouTube. Jason Greger, Connor Halley, Sean Brown with you. Uh, coming up uh, a little bit later on, uh, Struddy will join us. We got uh, spec, uh, DVD, five questions and more. Uh, lots and lots of uh, text coming in. Hey guys, the defense isn't just going to flip a switch and play better. I'd rather a D-man swap over a goalie. We could make the playoffs with Skinner and Pickard slash Roderick. I think once we get dry settle scoring, it changes a lot of the team. Steve and Drumheller. Well, that's putting a lot of hope on one defenseman. What, what are you going to give up to get this defenseman? Right? What, what cap space are you going to move to get a D-man? Right? That's, that's the challenge. So are, are you moving? Who are you moving? Steve, tell me the defenseman you're moving out. Right. And right now, all the D pairs, all the lines, they all have issues at different times, at key moments in the game. So I'd be. And, and then, like, Olivier, you're going to go Olivier Rodrigue and Stuart Skinner. Like, do you really want to bring in a rookie goaltender into this defensive mess? It's hard enough making the jump from the NHL, from the HL to the NHL on a competent team. Never mind on one that plays defense occasionally. I, I think honestly, bringing up uh, uh, bringing up Rodrigue would be would be a very bad decision at this point. I, I think that's ultra desperation, and it's putting a young guy in a clear position to fail. Yeah, that you don't want to. That that could potentially break a, a guy's spirit for sure um it's 
ultimately, I mean, it, it's tough. I, I'm a big Stuart Skinner fan. You know, his ability and skill, just like Dreisaitl and McDavid and a lot of the guys on the team, it, nothing just dries up. I mean, they're obviously struggling mentally. They're struggling um, as a team in some of the details. And ultimately, the last mistake is made by the goalie, and they're going to take the brunt of this. Um, a, a lot of, like I said, I talked about earlier, some of the, the basic execution, right? If there can be a more you know, committed group individually and everyone kind of take care of their own backyard. I think a lot of this cleans itself up a little bit. Yeah. The, the, the problem is Brown, they haven't done that for five years. Goals against have been the orders. Number one problem from outside of 2017. They've never been a top 10 team in goals against ever one time. So as my, I get the theory, but theory and practicality, like, I don't believe this order team is built or committed enough to be a consistent sound defensive team. They, they've never shown it. I thought, now I shouldn't say never because they showed it down the stretch for 35 games last year. You can also argue that uh, those last 20 games they played, you know, they had an easier schedule based on quality of competition. Fine. But they've done it for spurts and then they revert back. And whether, and I don't know why the players don't hold each other accountable, but there doesn't seem to be that level of accountability. There just doesn't. So to, to me, you could sit here and, you know, the people see the three. Oh, look, their defense. When they play Seattle and the Islanders, who are not very good defensive teams, and you get some sound saves, yeah, you can be okay defensively. But the minute they get up against a team that's got some offense, well, we saw what happened the last two games. And there's more teams with good offense than there are teams with bad offense. So you you've got to get a better goaltender. Um, and then you're right. Like there's so many factors. That's the problem right now. There's so many issues on the owners. And the biggest one about getting them to play good defense is not that easy. Clearly. Cause no coach has been able to do it. Right. It ain't that easy. So we'll see Knobloch will have his four days of practice. Right. And you're a coach. Those four days, Brownie, essentially are going to make or break the order season. Right. So they play, they play tomorrow. They play Friday. They play Sunday. Then they play the following Tuesday and the following Thursday, right? They play every second day for the next 10 days. Then they have the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday off. You can probably, you probably have the Friday off because you fly home from Winnipeg. Then you practice Saturday, you practice Sunday, you practice Monday, you practice. There better not be a day off in there. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, PA there better, mandatory the day. PA mandatory day off <laughs> can be the Friday afterwards. There's no chance of, you had the Friday after the Winnipeg game. And then I would put it the next week. There is no chance I'm giving it. They don't deserve a day off. There's no reason to have a day off. And as I'm the coach, I'm like, I don't care. I'll go to my leadership and say, I don't care if this Tuesday was one of them. We're changing it to Friday. End of discussion. It's not even debatable. And if their leaders are truly committed to winning, then they will agree to it. And I think they are truly committed verbally to winning it's just holding their feet to the fire right now it's not like they've woken up this morning or at any point in time and been like hey i you know i want to lose or i i don't want to win i don't want to compete it's these guys are professional athletes like they're highly motivated athletes um so why aren't they doing it then that's the question yeah i'm i'm no one knows the answer to that i mean I'm looking at I'm, I'm looking at the lineup right now, and I, I just I, I see a bunch of guys like who's playing to their their potential right now, other than 
Warren, I would say Warren Fogel and Kane. Yeah. Um, I actually I, think Cody Cece's had a pretty good season, actually. Cody Cece. Hyman at times, I think, yep. gives you a pretty consistent effort. Um, you know, but then you, you go down. I mean, obviously we know the struggles that Bouchard has. Uh, Ekholm hasn't. Uh, Ekholm hasn't even been close. Like, like, like last what? night, he was mishandling the puck like yeah. multiple times, which seems odd to me. Yeah. So I mean, they they had a run last year that like what what's really changed? I mean, you've brought in Brown, you you brought in a few a few pieces and lost a couple pieces, but no significant pieces. Um, why they aren't? What a fan was on asked the question last week about goaltending defense and. Uh, basically, what, I forget how he worded it, but you know, where's the struggle, and and how do you make what goes first, or how do you make up for, you know, and and the one thing for me is like, and this is what the Oilers, you know, to help them get out of this, for, for me it would be I never worried about if it was Stuart Skinner or Curtis Joe, if anyone was struggling, that that wasn't for me, yeah, to worry about. My biggest thing was to worry about me. And making sure that I was giving and being the best version of me, and that's that's the big you know. You're you, this game is too hard to play if you're worried about other players and what you know. Hey, I got to get in the shooting lane because this guy's struggling here, or I gotta I don't want to pass to him because he's you know not feeling it and might bobble the puck. Individually, I think you know maybe they're trying at, at times to trying to do too much when. If you just simplify it and get back to what you do best, right? Because you're almost teams are put together now. Almost you're almost like a, it's like a tire. It's a spoke in a wheel. Yeah. Right. Like I think Kane is a physical, hard to play against guy, and that's his identity, and he's playing to that. Yeah. Ekholm is a big, hard to play against defenseman. Well, he's not quite. He's a very inconsistent, mm-hmm. very spotty with that. Day hard a. I mean. He's limited on what he can do, but him fighting yesterday and, and playing the way he did, like that's how he has to play to play in this league and to play on this team. And I think if everyone has a clear cut identity to what they are and how they're gonna help, it's don't do anything more and don't do anything less. Yeah. Yeah, I like I I don't think it's like this mathematical equation that everybody's got to sit down with and, you know, figure out for hours that there are some simplicities to it, but you played in the league Brownie. And I think you would know that some guys don't have confidence right now. It's painfully obvious. And when you don't have confidence, all of a sudden that hesitation and that hesitation is what kills you. Right. And hesitation, lack, all of a sudden you're mishandling pucks. You know, and like, I even, to me, watch McDavid, prior the goal and you brought up a really good point you're like Connor McDavid scores a goal from a really sharp angle very few guys can score you've kind of been in a funk and there's barely any emotion shown what the hell right like you should be get fired up like have some fun the game still should be fun and uh you know you score that penalty shot goal that's a big goal right like you got two goals in a game you, you finally look like you're back on track like be fired up smile like okay guys like I don't know. Sometimes there's just a lot of little things. And I get that because I've seen McDavid get fired up when he scores big goals. There's no question about it. Right. But to me, that was a situation where like now is the time. Let's get going, guys. Like let's have some energy. Get some guys smiling here. Like try to have a little bit of fun. You can't be ultra serious all the time in the NHL. I don't, I don't think it works. He's ultimately the leader of this team and his body language and how he carries himself 
how he carries himself. I, I know if I'm sitting on the bench, I'm sitting on the couch yesterday, and I was inspired by the way he started and how he played the game. And, and like, not many guys, you know, can score and do the things that he's doing. And it, if Connor McDavid is struggling or feeling uh, like he's not confident, I know as a player, I'm I'm a little bit worried. So yeah, I mean, he he's one of few guys that can score a goal like that. I know that's out of character for him. He's he's a hockey player through and he doesn't want any of the anything to do with anything else other than just playing the game. Right? That's to me the way he just is wired that mm-hmm. way. Um, you know, I think he has done things in his game out of character as far as I've seen him, you know, he's a lot more he was a lot more physical, more engaging, finishing his head his hits. He's doing things that a leader does to try and get his team out of it. But yeah, I mean, watching the game, I was like, hey, you know what? Like a little bit of emotion there would probably, you know, because it was the goal that he scored on top of the emotion. I mean, that that would be very uplifting and inspiring. Very, you know, if you if you look at uh, Kane when he scored, right, he was pointing at guys. He was, you know, he was very excited and rightfully so. Um, but yeah, I mean, those guys have a, a, a huge effect on the morale of the team. I know going, I mean, playing with big George LaRock, like he made us all feel comfortable. Right. And, and when we went into games where there were some big heavyweights and you knew it was going to be a tough game, like, you know, if, if he were to pull the shoot, which, you know, I've played with guys and I've heard stories of guys that, you know, for whatever reason, find a way to not play or get out of the lineup, you know, that, that would affect the morale of, of a team. Like George made us all, better made us all feel comfortable but made us all play bigger and he embraced that that's what made him who he was and that's why he had so much success and you know guys recognize and, and you can feel that from players yeah for sure hey guys uh, if the orders decide to move brown would he be on would they be on the hook for his performance bonus from den yes because it was a 10 game play performance bonus he achieved it well in edmonton they are on for the bonus 3.25 100 so um if they elect to move him, um, it's just for moving out a body. It's a, uh, you know, they're still on the hook for the, uh, the, the bonus overages. Now keep in mind, all bonus overages are calculated at the end of the season. So they're added on to whatever cap space you have remaining. The orders right now, obviously his bonus overages, majority of it would count for next season. The only way they get out of it is if they make some moves and, um, gain some cap space from it. And have the cap space at the end of the year that they could slide in even some of it. Maybe not all 3.25. Like if they end up with $2 million left in cap space, well, then there'll be 1.25 in bonus overages next year. That's how it works. Quick break. Uh, Jason Strudwick will join us next on the Gregor Show with Brown and Hallie. Sports 1440 Orders Nation YouTube presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Oh, my goodness. Just picture all uh, hair flopping left and right as he's weaving in the wind, <laughs> singing to this uh, singing to this song. Oh, it's uh, it's good times. Good times. Welcome back to the Gregor Show on Sports 1440. Live in Orders Nation. YouTube, is it time for Strud's On? Brought to you by Action Electrical. Uh, 50 years in business. So uh, you wanted something done right? You call uh, actionelectrical.net, uh, whether you're looking for a commercial or residential solar. They got them both. A great deal and great packages. And tell you all about the grants, a way to save you money. Actionelectrical.net. The Jason Greger Show presents Struds On. It's a memory. That's what you remember. Memories. Uh, there's a bouquet of uh, enjoyment coming in my mouth there. 
But you know, it's like I always say, HK, who cares? It's time for Struds On. Struddy, how you doing? But I love that song. I just, when you play Abba, just my t- eyes well up, right? I mean, who doesn't love that song? Fernando, classics piece by a great band. Uh, your eyes must also well up watching the orders try to play defensive zone coverage right now. Yeah, you know it's it is. You, know, you get out to you get out to that two nothing lead. That's a pretty nice pretty nice setup. And then you you know kind of that kind of gets away from you. Maybe a, not maybe a couple penalties you probably like back for your Vander Kane, especially one of Kachuk. Uh, a poor clearing play by a guy that needs to be able to do that. You know, it's a veteran Ekholm. That's what he's there for. And then you get to that fourth goal. You know, and, and I, people are criticizing Bouchard for the pinch. I have no problem for the pinch. I always feel that if you're going to pinch, you take the body or the man, one or the other. And he took the man. He didn't get the puck, but okay, you're all right after that. But then after that, it kind of falls apart. You know, you've got Brown and I think uh, with the Kulak, they, they, who's got who? They're not sure who's got who. They both go the same guy. They both go the other guy. And then after that, it's just it's just a disaster. Uh, Leon doesn't come back and stop in the, in the house. Uh, Bouchard kind of does a J-turn. Um, so it just, you know, it, it, so who do you pick on in that situation? There's four players there, there, and then you could, you know, maybe say Picard is a little bit out of control, but there was a few rebounds. So, you know, it's like, you know, people want to bench guys and then blame guys. Well, who do you blame on that? Do you just blame the whole line? Yeah, no, it's fair, right? Um, you know, the fourth goal obviously wasn't great. Um, this, the second goal, sure, you would like the goalie make a save, but Bouchard and Ekholm, those are plays beforehand that, that never should have led to even the shot happening for sure. But the bigger one to me, Strud, is you're up to nothing again. The orders last year, and we talked about this stat earlier on the show, the orders uh, scored first last year 44 times. They lost in regulation eight. They've scored first 11 times already this year, which is fourth most in the NHL. They've actually started quite well. They've already lost six out of 11, and it was 8 out of 44 last year. Like, their inability to hold leads is killing them. You know, Greg, they get, you know, most teams, when you're kind of struggling, um, it's 0-0, and you're kind of waiting for something bad to happen. Well, the owners actually start pretty decently, and then they get up, and then they're like, oh, man, something bad's going to happen. And you can just see they have zero confidence right now. And there's two times when I feel that way. One is when they get up, and, and they're waiting for something bad to happen. The second time is when they're on the power play. You know, the power play right now, it's so, they look like they're forcing, trying to force passes like it's men's league, and they're just, you know, it's 10 o'clock at Argyle, and you're zipping pucks through the slot, hoping it happens, right? And that's not who they are. That's not their blueprint. They are tape-to-tape, quick, fast passes, and a quick shot at the end, and they're not that. So two areas you think they should feel really good about, you're up, you're winning, feel good about yourself, or on the power play where you've killed it. Both places look like such death marches at this point. Struddy, is there, when I, I look at the D pairs, do, do you split up uh, Ekholm and Bouchard, or do you keep them together? Well, I guess who who's playing well? Like, who are the guys that you're, right now you can say, okay, this is the guy that's going to be the cooler, right? He's going to go on this line. He's going to he's going to calm this guy down. You want to be Ekholm. That's the guy. You know, and I, I think that he's still trying to fight his way back into what the form he wants to be. So if you're talking about spinning up those guys, what do you put? You put Ekholm, CC, and Bouchard back with Nurse? Just, yeah, maybe just something, right? I mean, do you try something? It seems like it's the same old, same old. And, and obviously Ekholm isn't at his game and where you want him to be. Do you, do you get him up and running? Well, what I would do, honestly, guys, 
I I have to limit Evan Bouchard's minutes five on five. I have to. He's got to. He's got to play my third pair for now. I'd play him with Brett Kulak, and I would switch Deharnay and Broberg with Ekholm and go from there, and and switch them out at different times because Evan Bouchard is not helping your team enough defensively five on five. I'm not talking a massive reduction in minutes. I'm just talking maybe two or three because I think that could honestly help him because he's been on the ice for the most goals against. Um, you know, he's got the highest uh, goals against per 60. You know, if you talk defense, I don't care. He's been on the ice for too many goals against five on five. And it's the same issues that we've seen in his game before. I don't think we're going to snap a finger and suddenly Evan Bouchard is going to be a defensive stalwart. But his offense is great. And I'm not taking him out of the lineup. I'm not reducing his minutes massively, Struds. But I'm playing him in the third pair, which should then limit some of his quality of competition at the same time. Yeah, but then you're, you're squeaking up two guys and I'll have to step up and they've got to be playing against better quality competition. I'm not... But then they just got to be, they just got to be, they don't have to be standout. They, they just got to be okay solid. Like, because if otherwise you're just, you're repeating the same mistake thinking it's going to magically change. Yeah, yeah. But they're kind of in a bad spot. Like I, I you know, if Echo almost playing really well right now, if he was who we expect him to be right now, I'd feel more comfortable putting Broberg and Darren A beside him. But he's not that guy right now. And, and you know, he's, I think he's getting closer to it, but he's not that guy. So you put up two guys that are, you know, between them playing 10 minutes a night or whatever on average, not even. And then you're going to say, okay, well, you guys going to go play against the Kachucks of the world or whoever, right? The, the top players around the league, Florida last night. I, I just, I'd be nervous about that. I, I, I think your theory is sound. And I might roll the dice for to try it out. But I just, like, no one's really, like, who's the player that are really going on the back end? You know, I don't know that there's anyone here, like, yeah, this guy is really playing up to what he needs to be. And, and part of that is it hasn't helped sometimes the goaltending has been difficult. Um, but, you know, some of the play in front, just night in, night out, there's a different guy seemingly making an error that, that you're surprised that guys do uh, on, on that consistent of a basis. Jason Strudwick joins us on Sports 1440 Live on Orders Nation YouTube. Um, how desperate do you feel the Orders have to be ready to get a goalie? Like, is it is it to me? You can't keep waiting, can you? Well, it depends who you know. I hear about the Montreal Canadian goaltenders. You know, Jake Allen, I believe, is a backup, right? I, I and I and then you got who was a Montembeau and Pre, and uh, who's a Primo. You know, I think those two guys are cheap. Allen's a little more expensive, but. You know, maybe they can be a, a partner for for the big guy for Skinner, I suppose. Um, but if you want to go and really go for it, that's going to be a massive price to, to get to get that guy. So you know, it's, is it UC Soros or they're talking about Askarov or all these different guys? I'm, you know, I man, I, like I'm I'm interested in hearing what the price is and which goalie it is. But just to make a move like for one of those three Montreal Canadian goaltenders. Are they that much better than Stu Skinner? I guess it can be a one A one A type situation, right? Where they both kind of play. But I don't. I don't know. Are, they, are there any of those three guys a difference maker? Uh, well, Jake Allen probably a proven NHL goaltender. Uh, Woodley outlined it that uh, he, the one thing he's very good at is he's good uh, defending off the rush where the orders aren't. So, um, you know, because you got to have a goalie who comes into a situation where if you come into Edmonton, you have to be good at facing chances off the rush because Edmonton gives up a lot of them, right? It's not going to snap your fingers and change. So I think that makes sense. Uh, the Mackenzie Blackwood is the one that's interesting to me. Um, you're going to have to get, you know, if you can get Mackenzie Blackwood and you have to give up even a first and, and Borgo and they take Jack Campbell, I am sprinting to make that happen. 
I know that's a lot of, of prospects to give up, but you got to get out of that contract. It frees up a lot well, of cap space. Yeah, we well, didn't talk about getting rid of Jack Campbell. That's that's a whole new well, world. That's, right but that's there. the whole point of the trade, right? Like you're yeah, not. That's, yeah, okay. Yeah. So if that's the trade out there that that, that is available, I, I would be interested. I'd probably want to be lottery protected. Now San Jose probably wouldn't want that, and I get that um, because you know they're they're looking at a chance here. The winners, if they don't get on track, that could be a pretty nice pick. They'd have two, you know, let's call it whatever, great top ten, top fifteen picks. But if you're talking about moving Campbell out the door, yeah, then I'm I'm very interested because I, I did, at this point I don't know how he can come back and help you this year. Um, I, you know, his his I I don't think he might take a leave of absence and just kind of find himself like just a, just a deep breath. You know, I, I Brownie I never I don't remember ever playing with anyone who was that far off track that they had a tumble. They they they, they were just not even themselves. Maybe Sandus Ogilness, he had a little bit of mental health issue when I was playing with him in New York. And, you know, he, he, he was really struggling, but I don't know, man. I don't know if there's a – I don't remember a guy who was this far off track down either. He can't even – like, he's almost unplayable anywhere right now. He's just, he's just so far out of himself. Yeah, no, it's – yeah, I mean, he's, he's not in a, in a great spot, you know, with his, you know, mindset and his preparation. Just overall his performance for sure. I mean, that's – it's, you know, it's not, I mean, you know, more than anyone that when things, you know, get out of control, it, it can get out of tr- control fast and it's hard. It is hard to get back. Um, it's never, you know, I think we both feel for him because we've both been in that situation. Um, you know, and I, I, neither one of us have been counted on more than this guy. And, you know, obviously, you know, he's making a lot of money that doesn't, doesn't make it any easier uh, for the guy, I, I hopefully as an athlete to an athlete, you know, we all want to see him succeed. What do you think? Gregor's brought up a couple points about, you know, after the Carolina game, after a couple games here, they're going to have a little bit of a break. Knobloch's going to have an opportunity to really dig in and practice. How much of a difference do you think that is going to make for the Oilers? Well, I think it's huge. You know, I, I do think, you know, video is one thing. You know, we can we can talk about video all we want, and we can watch it, and you can say, do this, do that. But I think you have to feel it and feel where you have to be on the ice. Um, you know, I always liked, I liked, I loved practicing. I really, I really enjoyed it. Even towards the end of my career, when I wasn't maybe playing as much, I enjoyed practicing because I could get the reps in. Um, and, and I'm not talking about one-timer reps at the end of practice. I'm talking about, you know, hard D-zone um defending and where to be and, and just that feeling of being the right way because you've got to create some confidence somehow in in not just your system but in individuals to understand where they have to be and what they have to do so you're you, know, you got to just do rep after rep and there's no practice time i mean i i remember going stretches of two months without a day off and we just do practice and i hated it now the guys get one day off you play three games a week so that's four days that are out the door you probably have a travel day in there, so now you have five days. That's two days left. You're not going to have two-hour practices on those days off. You have no energy. So it's really, really hard to work those practice days in. So I think that Knobloch is probably praying to get you know two or three points in these next couple games and then have a chance to really get down and just hammer down on, on that, that D-zone coverage and where to be and to feel good about yourself. Because right now, I, I, I mean, I, two veteran guys on the fourth goal pointing at each other where to go and they and they don't sort it out like that that to me tells me they're they're confused is wrong but i think they're unsure and and they're they're they're, they're uncertain where it should be automatic like on that play i believe the demon goes right at him and connor brown pulls off and takes the other guy that's how i would want to play it because i want the guy with the puck i want to be the one defending him 
I don't know that a forward can handle that. So that should be automatic. It wasn't automatic, and then it led to another breakdown, then another breakdown, and then two, three rebounds, bang, goals against. So what would be your solution to fixing the issue? How do the coaches, how can they help fix the problem that's been ongoing? With the defending? Yes. Uh, you know what? I, I, like, I get you have to manage failure's energy. I, I understand all that. But I think for morning skates, you know, you generally go out there and you just kind of get a little sweat on, touch the puck a little bit, and you're, you're really not getting too involved. I think you'd have to almost every time you touch the ice, have some component of a three-on-three below the top of the circle. Just so guys feel that feeling of defending. I'm not talking about 30 minutes, but you could do it for 10, 15 minutes. And I, and I know this sounds crazy, but it, they're desperate. These are desperate times. So they require desperate measures. So that, that would be my, my, my advice because it's, you know, they're just they're running all over the place. They're not here. They're not there. And just, you know, so you build up confidence in the individuals. The team starts to understand what the system is, although I don't think the system is a big issue. But the biggest thing, Brownie, is the communication. You know, talking. You got him, I'll stay here. Boom, and everyone's talking. Then all of a sudden he translates to a few few periods. They're like, geez, we're actually doing this. The goalies maybe feel a little better because they hear the the players talking. Like, it's not one thing, but I think they have to work that into their practice. I do it every practice, even 10 minutes. 10 minutes just, and I know it sounds crazy and you got to save energy, but you can save all the energy you want if you're done after game 82. Yeah. I remember, uh, you know, thinking back to, you know, Ron Lowe, Craig McTavish, the accountability in practice. And I'm not, obviously, I'm not around the rink, so I, I can't comment on Knobloch and his coaching style. Um, but when I was in New Jersey, our practice facility, Lou Lamorello used to sit up there in his little office and it was tinted and you could just see the silhouette of this <laughs> little guy watching practice and there was so much accountability i i remember getting pulled off the ice. he pulled me off the ice one time and was calling me out on my defending and engagement and like that's how detailed and that's that that organization obviously for a while there this is when they were having all that success yeah. and winning cups but that was the level of accountability on that program and it was nothing like I had seen before. There was nothing you could do that Lou Lamorello did not see or watch. And well, that's a culture. You're talking about a yeah. culture. And, and, and the Devils were built on um, uh, a really strong defense, a really good goalie, um, and, and then they're built out from there, right? They, they had good offensive players, but not an elite. Like, who was their most offensive? Like, guys like McLean, um, you know, Stefan Riche was there, Jason Arnott. But, like, no, no disrespect to those guys. None of them are, like, over-the-top guys like a Pavel Curry. But their culture was that we're going to build from the outside, uh, from, sorry, from the, the, the ground up defensively. And I, I, I like that. I like that, 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 that for an NHL team. And just so you know that when things aren't going well, that's going to hold you. You know, the other night um, after the game, uh, Ekholm talked about, you know, right after that 2-1 goal or 2-2 goal, you just have five minutes of low-event hockey. You don't have to win that. You don't have to go crazy and win that that stretch of hockey. Just tie it. Just get through it. Just tie it. But, no, they're trying to push, 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 and it gets you in more trouble. And I think sometimes the Oilers, and it comes from a good place, but they feel they have to win every shift and just be the difference maker every time. Well, you know what? Sometimes you can't be. Sometimes you're unable to be that. You cannot do that. So just win. Like, just a win is getting out of that period tied. And don't take risks. And I, I don't think that translates to this group of players just yet. 
Well, Stratty, uh, we will see what uh, what transpires tomorrow. Stratty, you gotta you gotta help me out here. I'm taking a little bit of heat. I don't know how you were, but I'm getting called out from from a few guys uh, on how frugal I am. Like, oh yeah, how was that adjustment for you? Like, <laughs> I, I don't, I, I I didn't have a you know, I had a Moore suit. I was a first round pick. I never had a vehicle, so I I didn't even buy a vehicle. I leased a Cavalier. And I have taken heat and still taken heat to this day. Help me out with this. Or am I on, am I on an island by myself? Yeah. Buddy, I heard you were cheap. Like, even when we were playing against each other, like, and I, I did, I heard you talk about, so I'm not trying to be mean, so I'm probably the wrong guy to ask, but I, I heard about your cheapness. And, uh, you know, and George, it's funny that he's, I don't know if you said that he was upset that he was called cheap, but we used to do these skates in the summer, and Jamie McLennan, you almost used to have to, like, you know, corner George the Rock to get the $20 for the ice from George. And so, you know, this guy was very tight as well. So I don't know. Listen, everyone has their own thing. And, you know, I, I don't always throw it around, but there's some things I do spend on. But, yeah, so, Brownie, I, I can't help you, man. I'm sorry. I'm the wrong guy. I'm the wrong guy to, to tell you that you weren't cheap. <laughs> uh, honest answer, Stratty. Uh, I like it. Stratty, yeah. Have yourself uh, have yourself a great day. We will uh, we will talk to you uh, next Tuesday. And uh, just so you know, Stratty, Ring of Confidence looking good, real good. <laughs> oh man, Are you, I know. What has happened once? I haven't made a tweet at you. Every <laughs> night, I'm just praying the women please win, <laughs> so I can tweet at you about the ring. I love it. Looks so good. Have a good one. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. See you, boys. See you, boys. It's uh, Jason Strudwick, co-host of the uh, Got Your Back podcast, a uh, former NHLer. Runner-up in the Battle of the Blades. He's been a little runner-up a lot of times in his life. Uh, we will return. We have uh, five questions on The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Jason Gregor, Connor Halley, Sean Brown with you on uh, Sports 1440 Live. Also on uh, Orders Nation YouTube. we got uh, lots of uh, texts. Ooh, they're coming in hot and heavy today. Uh, love it. But uh, let's get to... Five questions brought to you by The Brick. Uh, Canada's best Black Friday starts on the 24th. Be one of the first 10 people in line to receive a $50 Brick gift card. Start your shopping day off right with free coffee and enjoy free local delivery from 7 to 9 a.m. at The Brick and TheBrick.com. It's time for five questions on The Jason Greger Show. All right, guys, question number one, obviously. Uh, a lot of negativity out there in Oilers, Oilers land, oil country. After last night's loss, was there anything that you looked at as a positive that they could potentially build on for the remainder of this road trip? I thought uh, the fact that they it was a more emotional game. I felt like it was entertaining. Obviously, not the result that they wanted, but the fact that they were there was more scrums, there was more battle, there was more compete. Obviously, needs to be a little bit more, but I think that for me, that was the most that I've seen out of them in the games that I've watched. All right, I would uh, t- to me the biggest positive I will say is I thought Connor McDavid looked like Connor McDavid after he scored that goal, and. There, I know the other issues I don't think you can fix with a snap of your finger, but Connor McDavid regaining his confidence and attacking that, that is a weapon that will at least allow you to cover up some of the other blemishes on your team. I don't think there's a, there's an easy quick fix for the defensive woes. I don't think there's an easy quick fix for the goaltending woes. 
And I would think if Connor McDavid gains more confidence, that in conjunction could help your power play. Question number two. Uh, if the Oilers were to go out and to try to acquire a goaltender, how much and who would you be willing to give up to make that deal? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. will happen. Uh, I don't know if... Other than ninety-seven and twenty-nine, I don't. I don't know if anyone's off the table. For me, oof, yeah. Um, at, at this point, I think you, you. Um, how much should I be willing to give up? Um, well, you're acquiring a goaltender. You have to look at cap space, everything else here. Um, if, if I'm acquiring a goalie, it ha- I have to get rid of Jack Campbell. Like, how, how much more money can I tie up in goaltending? So. Um, I, I would say that. I'm not sure there's a young prospect, though, that I wouldn't be willing to part with to make it happen. If Whether it's Borgo, uh, well, maybe Holloway. That might be the one guy I'd be hesitant on. I know he's injured right now. I'd be hesitant, but I guess it would depend who the goalie is. But that would be it. Like I, A team's not trading you a goalie. And you're, you know, you're, like, let's be honest. It's not like you're shipping out Darnell Nurse, Nugent Hopkins, Kane. Those guys aren't going in trades for a goalie, right? So... Um, at least I wouldn't think so anyway. Like you got to also remember, look at what goalie trades have brought in return in the history of the NHL. It's rarely that uh, very rare that you have to give up a lot to get a goalie. Now you're not going to have to give up a lot to get the goalie. You're going to have to get a lot to get rid of Jack Campbell. Remember that. Question number three, uh, Patrick Lining spoke to the media for the first time since being a healthy scratch on Sunday. Do you think he could be a trade candidate potentially? And if so, is there a place you'd like to see him land? Why is any team trading for him right now? He's got a terrible cap in and he's not producing. So I think it's hard to trade him. I think it's very difficult to trade him unless you want to retain a lot of salary. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't think Patrick Line has much trade value right now. Isn't I, He's not playing well. Is there not a little bit of a pattern here where he's struggling with coaches and trying to fit in and, and play a style that 
you know, coaches feel he needs to do to be for the team and for himself to be successful. So I'm not so sure I want that guy on my team. Like, you know, he's good. There's no question that he's a, he's a talented hockey player, but I, I, I question his coachability and, you know, for the money that he makes and potentially if he's not in the right space, I, I, just, I don't even know if I'm making a trade for the guy. Question number four of the NBA's in-season tournament continues today. Uh, the Raptors are in action now. But when you look at the courts, they've all got their special ones. Do you have a favorite and a least favorite? I'll go with... Uh, I, I was For me, I was kind of hoping with the Raptors they would go back to a little bit more purple. Right? The original colors of the Raptors when they... You know, when I started following them with Stoudemire and... Uh, what is that? Vince Carter... I would like to see a little bit more purple in, in, in their court. I, I When I did the first look, when I did watch this tournament and looking at the court, was it was overall, it was just too much for me. Yeah, yeah there's lots of them. If I had to pick a favorite, uh, I don't mind the indie one. And uh, I, I like the uh, the Sacramento Kings one. I don't know if you've seen that one. Um, just because the lion head that they have in there looks pretty awesome. I have, nothing, I have no idea what it has to do with the king, but I guess it's king of the jungle now that I say that out loud. So that's probably what it meant. So I'll go with them as far as the worst one. Nah, there's lots of options. There's, there's way more uh, questionable ones than good ones. And final question for you guys uh, on this day. Dallas episode, Who Done It? Revealed Who Shot JR. Over 83 million viewers watched it in the U.S. alone. So I want to ask you. In the who fist- did shoot JR? I don't remember that. Any you guys know? I remember hearing about it. <laughs> but I, I didn't watch that show. But I do remember it being a big deal. Uh, well, no, it was revealed to be uh, Kristen Shepard, Mary Crosby, um, his scheming sister-in-law and mistress who shot him in a fit of anger. Oh, there you go. So the question has so to be... So it was a lover. Asked, there you go. Shocking. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That's logical. Uh, what is the best cliffhanger in TV history, in your opinion? I'll go with uh, No Country for Old Men. I watched that. I thought that was uh, that was a wicked movie. Um, the fact, the one thing that stuck out for me was the the guy, what was it, Xavier, the, the, the actor that was the bad guy with he had this gun oh dude like an air compressor he was unbelievable (laughs) he was incredible um really yeah i enjoyed that one yeah this is a good question man i'm still gonna go with total recall right i never really did did he go to mars what happened i never really understood so i'm gonna go with total recall with Arnie. I can try to think of other ones for this. So I know that that's not a TV show con, so I apologize. But when you asked the question earlier, I was trying to think of TV shows and I was like, man, I don't, uh, I can't think of a good cliffhanger in TV. So, um, that was good. But, uh, um, the other one, and only because my high school buddy Alan McCullough was in it. And so we always used to watch it and we loved it. But American Psycho, um, I, I thought that was pretty good because it, it still was kind of like, well, what happened? So I, I I like that, but some days I get annoyed. I'm like, man, I just invested a lot of time and I don't know what's happening here. It kind of annoys me. Like it's a good <laughs> annoyance, but I'm just like, God, I want to know. So yeah, I'm going Total Recall. What about you, Cons? Uh, well, now that I, I assume it was kind of a play off Who Shot Jr. the the summer of Who Shot Mr. Burns was a big one for me. <laughs> oh, yes. And then uh, John Snow was he? You know, did he die? That was another big one with Game of Thrones. So, 
Are those would be good, kind of the two they ended the season you had to wait the whole for the, the the start of the next season to find out those two stand out to me all right perfect brownie we will uh chat with you so here's a question brownie they play wednesday they play friday they play sunday they have three games before you will return to the airwaves with us do the oilers are they 0 and 3 are they 1 and 2 are they 1 1 and 1 they two and one are shocking three and zero. Oh. What do you think they are? I'm gonna. They're desperate. They're playing against good teams. It's going to bring out the best in them. I'm going to say they are going to go two and one. Two and one. They have Florida, uh, Carolina, Washington, and then the Anaheim Ducks. We shall see. Have a good one, Brownie. Thank you. That is uh, Sean Brown, who joins us every Tuesday here on Sports 1440 Live and Orders Nation YouTube. Uh, let's get to the comments. Sports 1440 update brought to you by Edmonton Kubota. Anyway, it's just around the corner, sadly. Eventually, it's coming. So plan ahead. All your snow removal equipment. They have it all. And excellent accessories only at EdmontonKubota.com.